Welcome to CTL Connections Short Bites, a series of interviews with senior engineering leaders. I'm your host, Peter Bell. The future's here. It's just not evenly distributed. At CTL Connection, we try to solve that by identifying, curating, and distributing the latest tools and techniques for more effectively building and managing an engineering team. Join our community at ctlconnection.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank our partners. Code Climate is our global sponsor. Code Climate Velocity helps CTOs, VPEs, and directors at companies like Slack, Gusto, and Pizza Hut align initiatives with strategic priorities, accelerate software delivery, and drive continuous improvement. I'd also like to thank Amazon Web Services and Carrot, our sustaining partners. I'd also like to take a moment to introduce our Short Bytes partner, Cloud Zero. You're spending a ton of money on the cloud, so shouldn't you know exactly what you're spending it on? Cloud Zero will help you organize and understand your cloud spend better than anyone else out there. You'll get visibility without the typical pitfalls of legacy cloud cost management tools like endless tagging or clunky Kubernetes support. With Cloud Zero, you can optimize your unit economics, decentralize cost intelligence to engineering, and create a shared language between finance and technical teams. You'll be able to answer questions like, who are my most expensive customers? How much does this specific feature cost our business? What is the cost impact of re-architecting this application? Join companies like Drift, Rapid7, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash ctlconnection to get started. Again, please visit cloudzero.com slash ctlconnection to get started today. Today, I'm speaking with Mark Birch, Principal Startup Advocate at AWS. Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you, Peter. So glad to be here. So I'm fascinated by this topic, selling as a CTO, because it's something that I actually, I used to sell like photocopiers and advertising sales just when I got out of college and I was trying to figure out what to do. So I understand the value, but many people wouldn't. First question I've got to ask is, why is this something that you're passionate about and qualified to talk about? It's, it is a, a topic that brings a lot of questions to it, right? Because you think of a CTO, you've been an engineer uh, pretty much all your career all your career and you are now kind of in this lead position and you think I didn't need to know how to sell. And I didn't think that either. So way back in the days when I started my career, I was a developer and I worked my way up and eventually moved out to San Francisco with my company. I was based in New York to essentially head up a lot of our engineering engagements with customers. So I was not the salesperson. I was a person that was flown in to fix issues, to help customers along. And I was definitely the developer hands-on helping on some pretty large projects with some big customers like Intel, Boeing, the city of Los Angeles. Well, it came to pass that over time, the sales team at the company in that office started to peel away. And one by one, the last person left standing in the San Francisco <laughs> office was, uh, was me. <laughs> so I thought we'd hire another salesperson. So the VP of sales flies out and we get to the office and I have a whole stack of resumes. So I went ahead and kind of put out a job description and started talking to recruiters. And the first thing that Mark says to me is, oh, uh, 
Yeah, we're not going to interview anyone. You, you can do it. You know all the customers. <laughs> what did you say to him? <laughs> uh, well, I, I was just kind of in shock. And mind you, I was still very early in my career. I was at, I think I was 24, 25 at the time. And I was just baffled. Like, what do you mean? And we spent the next uh, day and a half going out to see customers in the Bay Area. Then he got on a red eye and headed back. And his last bit of advice to me was like, go after it. I don't know what I was going after, right? <laughs> so, well, fast forward, I have my very first big meeting with the CIO of Boeing. And I go in terrified <laughs> because we have a, there was a big deal that we were working that was on the table and it was just myself. And in that process, amazingly enough, what was supposed to be an hour meeting that turned into a two and a half hour session, I ended up leaving with the contract. Wow. And I think one of the things I, I learned from that process is that even if we think we, we can't do the job, that we can't sell, there's something innately human about the core aspects or the, the things underneath that moniker of sales that we can all use and leverage. So even if you may be allergic to the word selling or sales, there's still ways that we connect and engage with people that allow us to get things done to accomplish work. So hopefully we can kind of dig into some of that as we as we talk the rest of this uh, this time that we have. Absolutely. So I guess the first part is what do you see as the utility or the value, especially like, in, let's go through the, because there's lots of people listening to this. Some of them are like a five person startup. Some of them are working in a 50,000 person company, five person startup. Why do you want a CTO that can sell? Because oftentimes there's no one else in the company that is selling. So fast forward many years later, I'd been a founder. I had my own startup and after that, I started to do a lot of investing in startups, very early stage, started to do a lot of advisory work, uh, mentoring, and I would often be this magnet for other founders, particularly of, of technology-driven B2B tech startups that were very engineering-focused. The teams would be entirely built of engineers or some product people, but it was very technology-centric. There were no people that had sales or marketing skills or backgrounds. And they would always come to me saying, hey, Mark, you've been a developer, you've been a founder, you, you've proven that you know how to sell. Can you teach me how to sell? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> okay, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a tall order. But over time, after having dozens of these coffee sessions with founders, I started to see like there's a few commonalities, common themes that would come up around the idea of selling as an early stage founder. And oftentimes that founder, there may be like a CEO and a CTO, but you're all technical. And at some point, one of you has to go out and do the proverbial pounding the pavement to get those early customers, to get those early sales, to at least get you going and get enough traction 
So you're getting some revenue, some customers, and you can convince someone to actually come on with those sales skills to your company. So I've got to ask, if you were dealing with an early stage CTO now, they're not comfortable selling, they have no experience doing so, what would be, how would you get them started? What would be the, the first piece of advice? This is something I've thought about a ton. And I actually ended up writing a blog post that maybe at some point I'll like to, I can share that with you. Absolutely. But I wrote a whole series around founder selling. And the very first step around founder selling and getting your head around this concept of being a CTO that can also go out there and, and sell your product or service is that you have this thing that no one else has. You have founder passion. And you think, oh, well, okay, I'm founder, CTO, that's, that's nice. But what's incredible about that is that it's a magic door opener. The people on the other side that you're selling to are wondering like, wow, that's awesome that you're creating something, that you're an entrepreneur. And you may not think that there's a, a star factor involved. But in fact, people are a little bit jealous. They're like, wow, I wish I could do what you do. And they want to know more. So that's the first thing, like, even if you don't think you have the confidence, because you have that, that CTO or founder title, you have the, you have that opening to go in and tell your story. So that's a very, very first thing to know that people want to hear from you. And that's a very different type of uh, experience than what a salesperson would have. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So you've got this magic founder power. What's usually the blocker for a founding CTO starting to sell? Is it like, I just don't know how to look up leads in Sales Navigator, I, I hate configuring drips, or I don't want to speak to humans once I finally get the appointment? Like, where, where does that usually break down first? Uh, well, luckily, you're not the only person in your startup. So just a level set, oftentimes it's not the CTO that's going to be out there doing a lot of the selling activities. That is almost invariably going to be your CEO. So I don't, uh, I don't see CTOs going in and going through LinkedIn, <laughs> sending out cold messaging, managing a whole series of sales email campaigns. It, that, that's not the role of where a CTO adds the most value. The real value is, well, you probably have heard of the term sales engineer, right? So it could be sales engineer or solution architect, like different firms use different terminology. But in essence, what it is, is someone that can stand beside the salesperson to be the credible spokesperson for what the technology actually does. And that is almost essentially the role that a CTO will play early on. It's even if the CEO may have that credibility, the CTO is the one that's actually ultimately building the product and defining the requirements in conjunction with the CEO. Maybe you even have like a, like a chief product person. But having that tight interlock between what's going on in engineering and what the customers are expecting is super critical. Because in an early stage startup, like your only advantage as a startup is speed of execution. So the shorter you can make those cycles, the better and faster you'll get. 
and oftentimes the best way to be fast is having a CTO that's clued into what the customers are expecting. So it sounds now, like this, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to just say that that, in fact, was one of the advantages that I had when I made that switch from developer to salesperson is because I knew the products intimately. So when I had that conversation with the CIO of Boeing, it wasn't a sales conversation. It was an architecture conversation because <laughs> I had that credibility. And that's what a CTO lends to the table. So it sounds like there's almost two components to it. One is that the CTO brings a credibility because they deeply know the architecture, the solution space, exactly. and all the rest. And the other benefit is that what you're saying is it shortens the product cycle, but rather than the salesperson tells the sales engineer who tells the VP of sales who then passes a memo to the CTO saying, we need these new features, when the CTO could have immediately said, no, 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 you can do that through the API, but let me tell you what we really need is this. Yeah. So, so that makes exactly. perfect sense. Now, um, I feel it's interesting. Once you get technical people in the room, it's almost like our summits. Like at first, like if, if I was to invite a hundred CTOs to like, hey, come out to a networking event, nobody would show. But if I'm like, hey, come yeah. out, listen to a bunch of, of your peers sharing their wisdom and then, you know, yeah. chat about it over coffee in between time, they can't stop talking. They never want to leave because there is a substantive basis for the conversation rather than, so nice weather we're having today, which feels <laughs> like it. such a waste of breath. Uh, how do you help CTOs to kind of get out of their heads and start to get comfortable so they can get to that point where they can have the interesting architecture conversation that may well close the deal? Yeah. I could get into all sorts of tactics. And I definitely shared a lot in my writing uh, on this topic alone about specific skills. I think I listed out 10, 10 specific things to think about. But you know, much like trying to, uh, you know, folks are golfers out there, uh, this will definitely relate. But if you're a golfer and you have someone that's trying to teach you how to swing a golf club and they tell you to do 10 different things, invariably do all 10 things wrong. So we're not <laughs> going to do that. It's a very simple thing. And it's understanding what, how people interact and engage. And so the first thing to consider is that what people want most is to be listened to. Right? You think about that. We're all, in a sense, egotistical. Even if you think you're introverted, that you don't speak a lot, that you feel like you're very humble, we love to hear about ourselves. We love to hear praise. And that's an important thing to recognize when you're engaging with someone for the first time that you don't really know where you're in what is really an awkward interaction. You know, that, that buyer-seller engagement, there's a lot of mistrust. And that's mistrust going in. And so your job going into that in that situation is to disarm this, this wall of mistrust and the best way you can do that is listening. You know, the, the old adage of we have two ears, one mouth, <laughs> it, we, it, it sounds silly, but there's so much truth to that. And you know that's the case because when you hear a good sale, salesperson or CEO versus a bad 
uh, person, like exhibiting just the types of behaviors that we don't like. The one thing which is clear is that the folks that are having positive engagement, there's a lot of listening. They're not speaking over. They're not trying to assume anything. They're actively listening. And that's the, the most important, most critical skill to learn. And that was in part something I'd learned by accident because I sat there in a, a big, huge table in a conference room with a CEO from a Fortune 500 company, all his lieutenants around that table, all eyes on me. And the best way I knew how to navigate was ask a question and then sit back and listen. Now, one additional addendum I'll make is there's a whole series of thought around how you ask questions. The best way to think about it is don't ask yes or no questions. Ask questions that are going to elicit open-ended responses. Questions like, how are you doing that today? You know, if you did this, what would be the result? No one can answer yes or no to that. They have to explain. And then when they do explain, you can follow up with, well, how would you do that otherwise? Or why did you make that decision? And what ends up happening is that dynamic is the person on the other end starts to engage in the conversation, starts to envision things that they wouldn't otherwise expose if they felt that they were talking to someone that wasn't listening. That makes perfect sense. Do you feel that another, another component of it, and it's tough, you're right, we don't want the 10 things that, that fix the golf swing, <laughs> yeah. is, and maybe it comes from listening, but but this sense of empathy, like understanding where somebody is coming from and what's important to them. Exactly. Uh, that's that's what listening is. It's a, it's a manifestation of, of being empathetic for caring for someone else. Because if you care for someone else, you want to know what their perspective is. You want to be able to be in their lived experience. And that's the enormous value that CTO has. Like, it's a superpower. So I talked about the, the founder passion. But you're also the, the creator, the molder of this incredible solution or thing that you're building. And so you're intimately involved with all the nuts and bolts of what makes that work. And so not only do you, are you interesting from the perspective of, wow, you like you started something, but you are the, the chief technical expert. And that just comes with a lot of credibility. I often have this, uh, this saying that a lot of what you do from a, a sales, a marketing perspective is building trust, credibility, and rapport. So you're earning trust, you're building credibility as you engage, and eventually you're breaking down that wall of mistrust and you have a genuine relationship. And when you are the chief technology officer, you have a ton of credibility. So then you, you just got to work on the other two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe it just, you know, be, uh, be a bit more into the conversation or situation sometimes. 
Absolutely. So have you noticed, I'm, I'm sure you, you've obviously been doing this for a while. Have you noticed changes in some of the found, technical founders that you've worked with and seen a difference in the way that they engage over time? Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, so I have a, a show I run for AWS, the AWS Startup Show. And we, in fact, had a CTO come on board, Steve Cook, who's the CTO of Form 3 Startup in the UK. And we had a fascinating conversation about this very topic. And I think the way that we we described it was CTOs that are involved in enterprise engagements because they're a, they're a fintech payments processing company. Got it. So all of their customers are big processors, banks, uh, other organizations that are just dealing with lots of payments and transactions. So it was fascinating to hear his side of the story of being someone who was, even though he wasn't necessarily hesitant, he never felt comfortable. And it was really notable just listening to how he changed his perspectives over time as he had more time to engage with customers. And now he's at a stage where he feels way more comfortable and finds it actually a valuable experience to get out of the building and onto the, uh, the customer floor or the customer office, well, you know, given where we are with COVID, maybe not necessarily in person in the office, but having that direct direct engagement has significant meaningful impact in the way that he views the way that engineering delivers for the customer. So we talked about empathy before. That's the best way to engender empathy. That's amazing. So we've been talking almost exclusively about startups, and obviously that is is one of the things you have a lot of experience with. But it seems to me that potentially the idea of selling doesn't necessarily stop just because you're in a large company. I mean, what, what advice or feedback would you provide to a director, senior director, or VP at a, at a large enterprise or, or tech company as selling still relates to their job as a technologist? Yeah. I would say, first off, that that aspect of getting outside the building is super important. I feel in lar- the larger and larger organization you're in, and I had this very uh, direct experience with some of the banks that I, w- that I was helping in my days at Stack Overflow. So uh, I was very good friends with, uh, with the CTO over at Scotiabank. And his perspective was, I can listen to the product people tell me what customers are are needing, or I could just talk to the customers myself. And I could align what I'm hearing from customers with what product is telling me and give me a better sense as to what we really need to deliver out there. You know, is that his view was that instead of playing the telephone game where you hear the requirements uh, from the customer, from one person, that person tells another person, that person tells another person. By the time you get to yourself, as the person that has to deliver this from an engineering perspective, you have an entirely different story <laughs> or perspective, right? So I think the aspect of getting outside the building is still going to be super important, even if you're in a large organization. The second thing I'd say is that in a large organization, you're doing a lot of selling anyway but you're doing it inside the organization. And kind of going back to the example of uh, that bank that, uh, that I was working with closely, they had a whole bunch of other CTOs 
in each of the different business groups. And there was also all the businesses. So you had this, this incredible, like, crazy matrixed environment of competing interests. And your job as a, as a head of, head of an engineering organization, a CTO, is both the delivery of engineering in the process of delivering a product, but also part visionary as well. Because we talk about head of engineering or a CTO, but oftentimes you really are a business leader. And so in order to be effective as a business leader and to, and to effectively balance that vision versus delivery, you really do have to have some selling skills, even though we may not call it selling, but to sell your capacity, to sell your vision, to sell the ideas to the rest of the business leaders to get alignment. So that's where I also see a lot of selling type of skills as extremely relevant inside the enterprise. So I've got to ask, if you are a CTO or an engineering leader and you want to up your sales game, some part of it, great. I've got to listen, have empathy, get on the ground, just get out and meet customers. Are there any things, other things I could do with the groups I could join, books I could read, any other advice for somebody who really wants to step up in their ability to sell effectively as a technology leader? Yes. Uh, well, I have a blog uh, that I, or blog series I wrote on the AWS Startups blog called Founder Selling. So there's some really good practical tips in that, but a really great book just to get a, a sense of the purpose of selling and the feel that you can can do this yourself is Daniel Pink. He has a really great book on sales. So I definitely check that out. Uh, Daniel Pink, Pink has had a lot of really great uh, books over time, but his one on sales was really poignant because the way he, he framed is that we all, to a certain extent, are selling, even if we don't have that word sales in our title. So I'd, I'd say that was probably like a, you know, some good starter points. Mark, that's wonderful. We'll make sure to link to those in the show notes. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and your experiences. Very much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. It was uh, super glad to be here and hope to be on the show again. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Mark. Bye now. 